And just to you know, you are listening to Schalke America. Glück auf. Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Schalke America. I'm your host, Richard Corman. Joining me as always, my co-host, Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Still recovering from what was a pretty electric opening <laughs> to the uh, the Schweiz Bundesliga season. Understand. Uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the Friday appetizer. Uh, Hamburg and, and Schalke, two big clubs. And uh, yeah, lived up to the billing for sure. Yeah, a crazy opening. I mean, we we were hoping for goals. I mean, I, I think I predicted like two two before the game. I expected some goals because just because our defense is so porous. A uh, little alone, I did not know we're gonna uh, eight goals gonna be in this game. Uh, it's definitely a barn burner. Uh, obviously, the red card aided Hamburg, which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, an, an exciting way to start off the Zweite Liga season and just the German football in general. A great advertisement for German football if you're a neutral. Uh, I think for uh, certainly, I don't know about Hamburg, but certainly for Schalke fans, us, uh, it's a little unnerving just to see that many goals go in, and especially with the amount of goals went in. And when you had a goalie that was man of the match performer and still gave up five goals, it, it, it's it's a crazy way to start the, the season for sure. Yeah, I think I could be making this up, but I think like Seb Stafford Bloor was there actually at the game, who's like a pretty well known like writer, and uh, he was you know praising second the second division and the atmosphere that it created and everything like that. So. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely a great advertisement for the league. And um, I, like I said, last time we were in this league, I very much enjoyed. I mean, I didn't like the fact that we were down there and not up, but the actual experience of that league watching it week in, week yeah. out it was great. It actually is. Yeah. A, it's a fantastic league. It's a really fun time. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, let's let's get into because there's a lot to get into in this game. Um, obviously, if you were living on a rock, uh, 5-3 was a final scoreline in favor of Hamburg. Scoreline's a little deceiving, or is it, uh, which we can get into. But uh, let's look at the lineups real quick. Uh, starting off with the home team, which is Hamburg uh, in gold. Uh, Hoyer, Hoyer Fernandez, uh, Van der Bremt, Ramos, Ambrosius, and Hire in the defense. Uh, midfield of Meffert, the captain, and Koningsdorfer, Farai, Minish, Ostunali with Glatzel, the league, one of the best goal scorers in the league. Up top, uh, thoughts on the lineup? I mean, obviously, Glatzel is the main guy. 19 goals last season. He is the leading goal scorer in terms of people who were left from the Zweite Liga last year. I mean, anybody else in this team that you're you're worried about, or what are your thoughts on the lineup in general? Oh, yeah, I mean, Glatzel is obviously the big the big name. Um, Königsdorf is somebody that I've followed a little bit, weirdly enough. Back in you know he was a, he's been at yep. Dresden um, previously, and he's somebody. Um, I think he used to actually play for like the Germany uh, under 21 setup. Although I think he, uh, I think he's actually like of, of African nationality as well. And they have switched. Yeah. So I forget, I forget which, which country that he's um, associated with. But anyway, that's somebody that's kind of been like bouncing around the lower divisions and an interesting player too. So uh, yeah, but not surprising to see uh, Glatzel play as well as he ultimately did. Um, kind of a predictable danger, man, and certainly proved to be the case in this one. Yeah, uh, there was a guy I was uh, certainly looking at, uh, and obviously the goalkeeper, Fernandez, but uh, three guys that kind of came to the forefront, I think, in this game, especially for Hamburg. I think Ferrari, Benish, and Ostinali yeah. were really instrumental and pivotal into their key plays uh, and the goals in really this game. But uh, um, 
For, for I particularly in the first half, um, I thought, uh, yeah, the combination of, of Glatzel, Koenigsdorfer, and Farai in the first half was a really, really nice trio. Um, ben Esch really obviously came out, I think, especially in the second half in particular, um, when he really started uh, impacting play. And I think when you look at our, our lineup, I think you and I weren't so much surprised. I mean, maybe the insertion of Odorago was the main one because we were hoping he would be in there. But, I mean, look, goalkeeper Mueller. Mueller started um, really turned my eye on in terms of him and maybe maybe if we see another performance like this or two we'll he's gonna be you know had a fair amount in my eyes uh back four Bruner, Cisse, Kaminsky, Oyan we kind of thought this would happen uh midfield of Drexler, Schallenberg, and Odorago we mentioned the youngster gets in there and then uh up top top three which we kind of saw all preseason more on the left Kataman on the right Tarota up top thoughts on the starting 11 for Schalke I, I did think it was interesting that it seemed to be and maybe this was always the plan, um, uh, but it, it seemed as though Rice was going with with known quantities in this game more often than not. Um, so, I mean, like, for example, even in throwing, you know, Tobias Moore in there rather than, you know, the new signing in, in, in Lazmi. Um, Keenan Karaman, right, you can make the argument, Keenan Karaman, um, who's obviously had more playing time at Schalke recently than, like, a Kazuki, for example. Um, yeah. Dominic Drexler was somewhat surprised to see in there. Obviously, there's been a lot of turnover in the midfield, um, but you know, like Sagan and some other people could have could have been in there as well. So Drexler, I think, you know, was an interesting inclusion. And then the back line, um, you know, Wayon Kaminsky, Brunner, uh, we just lost Iden, so obviously that's not surprising either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought there were some other people that like could have been involved that that ultimately um, weren't, but not not shocking, I guess. Yeah, in, in total, to see uh, Oedrao go in there. Um, as well, obviously, somebody that's that a lot has been written and said about in recent weeks. Um, so, so nice to see uh, the inclusion of some youth, which is always something I think that Schalke supporters um, enjoy. In particular, because Odorago and Cisse are both from the young from the youth team, and so giving them a chance. I mean, obviously, Odorago's been turning eyes this preseason, but Cisse, uh, I think we both felt was a, a big presence. We wanted to see what he could contribute. He looked decent in preseason. Obviously not the best of events for him, but I mean, I like the insertion of the youngsters in the team with the veterans, as you mentioned, because we always want to see that. Uh, probably not going to see safe for next game for sure, but uh, I'm glad we went that way just to see what they're made of. And Odorago kind of blossomed in front of our eyes almost. Yeah, um, I, I think. I, so, I, I mean, we can, we can talk about this a little bit more as we get into the game, potentially. But I actually think that um, Odorago in the probably like the first half of the first half first 25 30 minutes um it was was starting positionally when we had possession significantly too high it, that seemed like it was partially a directive from from rice there was a lot of times where like our build-up shape was almost like a two three five with like the two center backs at, at yeah. the back then the two full backs and and you know schallenberg and then a line of five basically like the two yeah, eights yeah. and then you know the front three um all together and i feel like somebody of um Ojoyoga's, like very evident dribbling skills and then also his pretty accurate and well-rated weighted progressive passing needs to be somebody who's dropping deeper and fulfilling sort of that Aminari Zalatsar role in terms of ball yeah. progression um a little bit more and I think once he started doing that later in the first half and into the second half you started seeing a better version of him yeah. um the other thing I will say however is that he he was not particularly alert defensively especially early in the game too, um, which is something that, yeah, was, was a little bit worrying, not surprising for a 17 year old necessarily, but yeah. um, is going to need to probably get a little bit sharper on the defensive end of the ball too. 
um, to avoid being like viewed as like a luxury player or something, but like played very well in in a lot in in several moments, and obviously ended up getting a getting a little something for the uh, the fans to cheer about too at some point. Yeah, I mean, he said it himself that he's a box to box midfielder, and as you saw, as the game went on, he got more and more confident, and then you started seeing the box to box mentality where he would drop deeper and then bring the ball up as opposed to how he started the game. Uh, and yeah, you know, as a 17 year old, didn't do too much defensively. Um, this is a whole thing we could talk about with Rice and eventually but later or later. But uh, starting the game off, um, obviously, I'd expect it, I'm sure you did as well, that being in Hamburg, Hamburg being the bridesmaid for the last several years, they're going to come out swinging, uh, which they kind of did. And how'd you feel like the first 15 minutes of the game? I mean, obviously, they get their first goal uh, at the 16 minute mark through Glatzel. Um, one of the things that was key to me well, it was wide opening to me, and I mentioned this during a live stream, and we've been saying this the last three years is a direct play, and the ball running off the ball running is hurting Schalke, and it was proof in the pudding in that first well, most of the game, but certainly in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I would agree. We looked we looked awful the first 10, 15 minutes of that game defensively. Um Lucky to have not conceded more. I know everyone says that, like, like, oh, they could have scored four or five more goals, and it's like they literally you know, could have. <laughs> and, and yeah, and they're thinking of like you know, like four of our opportunities that are never going to have an actual like xg of one. So like you know, but, you know, but there were there were yeah. several saves that Mueller had to make and some and some misses from them as well. Um, yeah, they got in behind. That, that was that was the way they were doing it too, for the most part. It was um, you know, balls in over the top or direct play that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, very nervy stuff early on. The one thing, and you know, like Mueller probably had four or five like big saves in that first half. Um, it really could have been a lot bigger scoreline if it wasn't for him. But the one thing that was really jumping out to me outside of we could not handle the the, the off the ball running was that Glotzel, the known commodity on this team, who's one of the best goal scorers in the Svita Liga, completely unmarked for majority of the game, in particular early in the first half. And I've kept saying it there and watch long. Why is this guy wide open? He's going to get a goal. And sure enough, in the 16th minute, he gets a goal. Great play by Farai. I think it was Farai who got the assist. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not marking your guy. CC and Kaminsky had trouble. Glatzel does what you're supposed to do when there's you know, one striker versus two defenders. You, you sit in the middle, and they neither picked him up. And I was yep. expecting CC to, and nobody did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I blame CC more than Schallenberg for that. But yeah. Schallenberg had like the view of it the entire time because he was the player behind yeah. and didn't he wasn't full out like sprinting or running the entire time he, he could have had a little bit of praise and yes cc just lost him honestly um it's great i mean it's i, I want to give glatzel credit for because oh, yeah, like, sure. he played very very well so i'm not going to be like yeah. oh it's just horrible defending and like you know i mean like the, the yeah, guy <laughs> is he's class he's class yeah. and he, he played great his movement was fantastic too yeah. um yeah but that was uh yeah disappointing opener a little bit too easy well worked from Hamburg once again, as you said. You know, Farai peels off the right hand side, whips it back across. Um, but uh, you know, when you have two defenders that close to somebody, you're gonna you're gonna hope that they can make something happen more often than not. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, you know, we kind of talked uh, talked about this on the podcast was that like Schallenberg in the six alone would be problematic for us just because he can't handle that kind of uh, load, especially with a team like Hamburg. And oh, the way it lined up with a four three three is. Odorago and Drexler expected to help out with with um, uh, Schallenberg defensively, and you already mentioned Odorago didn't really help out in the first 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 half of the first half. Drexler neither did the, did the job either, and I think 
we got exposed big time. And not only is the defense, but the midfielders weren't really helping the cause because I think Hamburg were coming in waves. And if it wasn't for Mueller, at least it could have been a blowout within the first 20 minutes. Well, so the weird thing was it, it seemed to me that like both teams were basically lining up ostensibly in 4-3-3 formations. So there's sort of like a direct, yeah. you know, like mirror image of you when you're attacking and defending. The interesting thing, though, that I, that I noticed, at least maybe I'm crazy, is that it seemed like there was a ton of man marking happening. From yeah. Schalke, particularly in the midfield with Oi Drago, Schallenberg, or Drexler, in the sense of like whoever their opposite number is in terms of like the mirror image, they are following that player across the field. I did notice that. Like too. basically wherever they go. Um yeah. and and so that was we were sort of allowing ourselves through that instruction, presumably from Rice, to kind of be pulled out of position. And then the gaps that we're allowing to, to be created, like they ended up playing in behind those and, and we're actually kind of exploiting it. And I think that's where a lot of like the issues were. Um, yeah. C-Save repeatedly throughout this game would come out significantly to like press somebody. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was part of it. I mean, like Schallenberg, you're talking about, I mean, you're talking about him being like a lone six in screening. I actually thought he did pretty pretty well in this game in the most part. Yeah, but yeah. There's, there's a lot of times like we're like, our, our defensive shape was actually more of like a four, two, three, one because Schallenberg is actually all the way up at their, like, you know, yeah. right on their six you know in the mirror image like formation rather than sitting right in front of his defense because we're really marking people like that specifically and that closely so that was something that i don't really feel like we saw a lot from Schalke last year um yeah. that i remember um and that seemed to be a noticeable change from from rice in terms of the approach on this one i don't know if the goal was like we just want to put a little bit more constant pressure on everybody rather than being slightly more like zonal and having to like, you know, move back and forth to like, you know, just like yeah. constantly have and, and make it harder to get people on the ball or whatever. But I feel like it helped us manipulate ourselves out of shape at times. Yeah. And I think the three players that feasted off of this was Farai, Benish and Ostanali. And it's funny, you mentioned the, the man marking. It's like they're marking everybody except for the, the, the four best guys on their team, it seemed like. But, you know, I digress. You know, and I'm not going to say this is all Shaka poor defensively because Hamburg were equally poor defensively. I think, I was mentioning this on the watch along is like the team who gives up the least amount of goals is going to win because, or, or yeah, gives up the least amount of goals is going to win because neither defenses are really doing anything. Hamburg did adjust in the second half, but I mean, Schalke, when they had their opportunities, seemed like they were creating danger. And obviously, in a 22nd minute, you know, shortly after the, the Hamburg goal, uh, our boy Aldrago, uh, I think it was a nice play by, I think, Karaman or somebody passed the ball in. Tiroda was a beautiful layoff to Odorago. He just did wonderful footwork and scored it calmly like a veteran. Uh, it was a nice goal. It kind of came out of nowhere almost in my eyes. I mean, what do you think about the goal and the buildup? So, so first of all, I thought it was very good play from Karaman initially. Um, and I will say I thought Karaman had a very good game in this game. And if like yeah. if I thought if that was the Keenan Karaman that we get more often than not, I'm completely fine with him being in the starting lineup, honestly which is not something I would have imagined. I've said I've obviously been very critical of him prior to like the very end of last season where he had a slightly improved run of form and, you know, came up in some big spots. I thought he was industrious in this game and effective or in, in the final third and mostly with like good decisions and good passing, um, you know, kind of held the ball up, worked it a little bit, played a really interesting kind of cross in like into Tarada. And I, I, I don't know if it was like, like a, a misplayed touch initially or something, or if it was actually an intentional pass from Toronto. It looked like it may have been an intentional, intentional I think pass it's intentional, from Toronto, yeah. Um, Toy Drago, and he uh, just gets his defender going the wrong way. And then the thing that really impressed me on the finish, I mean, obviously the feat to set up the chance to give himself the space, but from the moment that he, he started to juke that defender, he never looked up again to reestablish his sight of goal. And he ended up going like moving to the right and going across his body to the left yeah. and never picked his head up to kind of readjust. So that was, I thought, a really impressive 
finish and, and really impressive, you know, once again, just sort of like awareness, positional awareness and that sort of stuff from a kid that that's that's young to kind of maintain that kind of clear side of goal. And yeah. um, I thought that was really well worked. So, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, I mean, despite some of the minor deficiencies that we can that we can quibble with, like the fact that we have a 17 year old who's playing this well in a lot of areas and obviously goes out and gets a goal and scores that well is very exciting. I'm not trying to, like, yeah. downplay yeah. the hype of, of Void yeah. Drago at all. It was yeah. great. Had this been in the Bundesliga, I would have said that Toronto play would have been a total accident. But I mean, I, wa- yeah, I watched replay. You can see he's clearly looking at Odorago when he gets the ball and he dishes it off to him. So I, I think he intentionally did that. Um, he just seems to have his confidence back. He looked, he looks like a much better Toronto than we did last year. Looking svelte, would you not say? Yes. I, I, yeah. I feel like he looks a little bit thinner, actually, yeah. and a little bit lighter and able to move around a little bit. Yes, I could be making it up. But yeah, I, it, I felt the same way. I felt it, it could way. be like the players were slower in the second division, so he looks faster, but it looked like he had a little bit more energy and like, you know, a little bit more pace. So it could be, it could be, but uh, yeah, no, overall a great play. Ryan, you are correct. Uh, that made Odorago the youngest Shaka scorer ever beating Julian Draxler previously. Uh, I forget what the exact date is, but was 17 years old for sure. Getting that goal. So good for him. Uh, first of I'm happy for him. Obviously the whole team was right. They just posted that Draxler like backheel flick assist to Raul the other day on the internet again. And every oh, time so I see sick. that, it's incredible. That's so yeah. sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're in good. You're in good company if you're with Raul and you're being you know mentioned in you know Dra- names Dra- of famous Schalke youth like Draxler or whatever. Else, exactly. So. Exactly. Uh, so what one at that point? Uh, and I think the game kind of went back and forth. It was like a boxing match, like you know heavyweights taking big punches at each other. Uh, looked like we're going to halftime at the score one one. And then really, and I, as much as you want to say the first goal is out of the blue, really the second, because I felt like the last five, ten minutes of the game, Hamburg really started putting the pressure on in the first half, I should say. And then out of nowhere, uh, a play comes in a box where Thomas Oleon, I think, crosses it in, bounces it around, comes back to him, and he just rifles a shot low past Hoyer or Fernandez. Uh, and 2-1 right at right at the death of halftime. And I'm like, but what? I'll take it, man. I'll take it because that wasn't the greatest first half. Mueller was fantastic. But other than that, it was a okay first half. And uh, taking the lead in the halftime, I'll take that all day. Hey, you know, any signs that we can get early on that Uyan, uh is going to be involved in, in the score sheets at some point, whether like assisting or yeah. whatever else is awesome. He was just so absent last season, which was so surprising. And he had been so good the previous year. So hopefully we're getting that that second division Uvian again. Um he plays it into Oway Drago, actually, uh, who once again just like yeah. Some of the de- some of the decisions he makes, like some of the intuitive decisions on the ball, in terms of like how heavy of a touch he takes and like to, like to create the space. Like he he's very I don't know I, I'm impressed Talent. with with yeah, yeah he, he's good. Um, he created space there, tried to play it back in. I don't know if it bounced off Toronto or whatever, but it fell out to to Uvian, and then he just on his left foot just whacked it, you know, inside out, and uh, yeah, pretty 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 well hit pretty pretty lovely goal from Mariana just kind of snagged that at the end of the first half so yeah um yeah Schalke on the road with the lead over Hamburg which was uh, you're feeling pretty good about that um yeah the one thing I wanted to say just about our, our play in the first half in particular was um I, I did feel it was it was something else that was different from the way we've seen from Rice in the past is that you know as I'm talking once again about that sort of almost like two three five in, in a sort of a build-up shape we didn't really seem to have any way to get the ball to those people outside yeah. of like longer passes and stuff, yeah. which seemed to be very inefficient and not coming off. So like our ability to maintain possession mm. or really do anything was pretty limited. But however, the moments where we did get those in and effective, we often did create chances. So, um, and the other thing I'll say is they doubled us up in, in shots on target pretty much. And they don't, and they like tripled us up in total shots and they beat us in possession. But like, 
seven of our eight shots were on target and we ended up scoring three goals from those seven shots. So like we actually were pretty efficient when we got in there. We yeah. just need to do, I think a little bit better job of, of maintaining control of the game and getting more chances. And, th- and this kind of goes to what we said in the preview. I-, I remember saying like, I felt fairly confident in our attack, the, you know, with what we have at our disposal midfield, I was fairly confident with it. And I think the defense was the weakness. Uh, and it kind of showed in that first half, um, I mean, I, I was ready to give Mueller the man of the match performance after 10 minutes. I mean, he was just on top of his head and it continued out through the match. Um, I mean, looking at the, at the starting 11 in the first half, it's, I mean, some of the guys that stood out to me, obviously, Odorago, Karaman, as you mentioned. Um, Schallenberg was pretty decent as well. Oyan, like it's good to see him on the score sheet, like you said. But some guys, well, Karaman, I thought was lively. I thought Moore was a little quiet, you know, more than I more than I expected. We need to see more from Moore. Somebody made that comment on the chat. Um, Drexler was kind of almost non-existent. Bruner didn't have the great game. Cisse was punting the ball anytime the ball came to him, which was wasting possession. Look, uh, I, there was some stuff online that was suggesting that he received some racist abuse after yeah, that's, his that's performance. Which I mean, like, please for the love of God, stop this! It's yeah. it's so it's so frustrating. This continues to be a thing, and I feel terrible yeah. for Cisse. Yeah, I mean, especially because he looked like he was later. We'll get to this. Like in the, later in the game, looked like he was almost in tears. You know, based yeah. on everything. But yeah. Cisse had a shocker. I mean, it, it is fair to say he played very poorly. Um, I think even though he's like, you know, the size and athleticism he has, Glatzel was like beating up on him and kind of doing whatever he wanted all game long. Um, and as you said, yeah, I think Cissé was unnecessarily clearing balls out when he when he had space to time and, you know, to turn and find a teammate. And he was just clearing things and losing possession in those moments, too. Um, seemed a little bit unsteady or unconfident in those moments. So let's talk about this, right? Because, look, it's Cissé is a youngster. It's one thing with Odorago, who's a midfielder, who doesn't really have to line up against anybody. You're putting Cissé basically one-on-one. On Glatzel. On Glatzel, one of the best strikers in the league. Like, what goes through your mind? Because, I mean, many people were talking about this in the live chat. Like, why isn't Mitrosiani in there? Yes, he's not... He's not the greatest center back, but he's got experience. He's got a little bit of pace. He can, he's a little strong. He can handle a guy like Glatzel. Glatzel will beat up a regular defender, let alone a rookie. I mean, what what do you think is going through Rice's head? I mean, I get it. Put the youngster in there. But, man, you're setting him up for failure almost to put him against Glatzel. Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, I understand. If CC is going to be your starting center back this season, yeah. if that's the plan, if, if, if the plan for the moment is for it to be CC and Matriciani, not Matriciani, um, CC and Kaminsky, I don't think you take Cisse out just because it's Hamburg and there's a good striker. I think I think you I think you play him like like you did. I think I think yeah, potentially. I think I think the criticism of Rice in this moment comes a little bit later in the second half in terms of when he should have probably made a switch for Matriciani after um after Cisse picked up the yellow card and he didn't. And so I think I think at that point, given how poorly Cisse had played already. There's no there's no reason to not take him off and replace him with Matriciani. I don't disagree with the, with starting him, but he should not have been yeah. put in a position to to potentially you know get a second yellow. Yeah, and I and I think I think the scheme should have been better when you got a rookie going against such a, a, a potent goal scorer in Glatzel, uh, meaning you know the midfielder should have been scheming in a way where they gave a little bit more protection to that to that, that back four. Um, and I said at halftime, even though we were up, you know, I'm, I was, we're happy that we're up. I said. Okay, Rice needs to make an adjustment immediately defensively because Glasgow isn't marked. You had runners going left and right without being marked. And something needs to happen. And if something doesn't happen in the first 10 minutes, no changes that I've that I noticed, this is completely on Rice, and we have to make some substitution quick. And sure enough, second half started, I mean, almost like, almost like, like the way I was unfortunately forecasting, uh, where um, uh penalty happens, and what, 10 minutes in, um, Cissé, uh Lazy foul, 
lazy, a soft yellow or soft penalty, but it was a penalty. He did grab it was a Glatzel shirt, I think it was, and he goes down and like, ah. Look, Glotzel made the most of that. There's no reason. There's no reason he should have fallen like that, given how we were just talking about how strong he is and how he's been getting the better of him. That being said, it appears as though just kind of almost grabbed his crotch and kind of tried to pull him back from that general area. So, like, it's the thing that we actually. I think. I think maybe. Um, I forget if you know Ethan at the disco time had said this about um, the second yellow or this one, but he said you know like it's kind of soft, but you can't give the ref the excuse. And that's literally what you and I always say on this podcast is like we can feel aggrieved by it. But it's like but just don't do that, you know what I mean? And he was yeah. he was beaten. It was a nice through ball in behind, and once again, good movement from Glatzel that kind of forces that moment of desperation from Cisse. So another another example of Glatzel, you know, affecting play. And I wasn't that bad, upset about the penalty. I mean. It's a youngster, and he makes a play on a, a, like that, and it happens. Like, okay, whatever. The, ga- the way the game was going, I felt that we would get another opportunity. Sure. But then we'll win at 2-2. I said, okay, there's going to be more goals in this game for sure, even though I thought it was going to be 2-2. Uh, and then we – and maybe this goes back to Rice off a of set piece, I think it was. Really, no one's paying attention to anything going on outside of the outside of the kick that we're doing, and they go on this fantastic counterattack. I mean, it was a brilliant counterattack, five on two or – Four on one at, at the at the end of it, and Benish kind of just chips it away after a great great hold up play by Glatzel. Um, blitz! It was, a, it was a blitz of a of a of a, of a counterattack. Well done, man. Kudos to Hamburg for that. But Schalke, man, sixes and sevens on that play, just letting them go down the pitch with their five best players going down and and doing what they did. They're going to score, and you, Mueller was could do nothing about it. Yeah, I think it was five to two pretty early on in the break. You just, you just can't let them get that i mean behind you in those kind of numbers there's no i mean it was, it was just really silly um and they took they took advantage of it and the thing that was so frustrating about this too is you'll remember very shortly before hamburg scored their second in the second half i mean sorry their second goal overall their first of the second half um but before they, they before they equalized um Tirada had a goal disallowed on actually a beautiful ball from Tobias Moore. We talk about Tobias Moore and his left foot quiet in the first half. I think did a little bit better in the second half. One example of it, a unbelievable finish from Zeman Tirada. Gorgeous, um, but rightfully called offside. So there was a moment in this game where it was almost 3-1 Schalke. And then within two, like two or three minutes after that, it's three two Hamburg, and I, like we're just like I, I think that's when I probably tweeted out like Bundesliga two is drugs. Like I'm yeah. like we're back, we're back. Like this is what it was. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> wild. Like what a game. No defense uh, being played whatsoever. By yeah, and I, I brought this up with the watch along that there should be a new rule, new rule like Bill Morrow says, new rule, new rule that like if you score an amazing world class goal and it's offside, the goal should count. Right, I see this so many times in many games where goals guys score worldly goals. Oh, it's offside. Take it back. Yeah. The thing is, it's it, that the, the try to goal that offside was one of the offsides where it had zero effect on him actually being able to score that goal yeah. because yeah. he yeah. was like he was like five yards or ten yards to the right of the defender was in tons of space anyway. If yeah. he had been level when that was played, literally nothing about that play would have changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the way. I mean, that's the way it goes. So yeah, unfortunate. Brilliant goal, three two at that point. And I, I was still wasn't too worried because it felt like. Toronto was feeling in that game. I felt like something was coming for him. And uh, sure enough, he did get his goal in the 66th minute. Gra- gra- glad to see him. Great finish by him. You know, classic Toronto Svita League finish <laughs> by him. Uh, putting it away, 3-3 three, three at that point. I'm like, here we go. Game on. Uh, and then uh, Cisse. Oh, oh, first talk about the goal. Okay. I thought he- heads, up, heads up play by Schallenberg, by the way. And good yes, assist by him. Beautiful pass. To play him in and alert from Toronto. Once again, we talk about uh, Toronto looking a little bit fitter. And ready to go in this one, like you know, quick, decisive in his movement, got in behind a couple of times, and yeah, you know, I mean, cut across Ramos too to kind of throw him off as well. 
Exactly. Yeah. So good stuff from Toronto there for sure. Definitely sometimes where it looks like he's cheating a little bit on the offsides, probably because of his age and his and his pace and everything, as opposed to Bergstaller, who just doesn't understand the rule. <laughs> but um, but but uh yeah, no, yeah. It was it was great to see Toronto get on the score sheet, especially after that disallowed goal. And also there was that opportunity earlier in the match, I think from Caramon again, um, where he was in behind and hit it basically directly at the keeper. Um which like probably should have been a better. He was offside for that goal too. So um, yeah, yeah, nice to see try to get on get on the board early. At that point, three three, you had to feel confident, right? I mean, I know I was. I, I was confident three three that we we're going to get a result in this game, whether it's a win or or a draw. Uh, how did you feel at that moment when we scored that third goal? Um, based on how the play was going. I mean, I, I do feel we. I, I did feel that we were getting outplayed like all game, pretty much for the most part by by Hamburg, but like. We we were creating yeah. decent chances infrequently, but like with enough that you felt like you know we, we might be able to to hold on to something. I think I think I think certainly at that point you felt fairly confident that we were probably heading for a result, not like a win, but you we could have held on to the draw at that point probably. Yeah, and I think the way Mueller was standing on his head, like long as we didn't leave him high and dry like we did in the other three goals, he was going to make a save, and so I felt fairly confident at that point. And then you know. I think everyone and their mother, and in, in, in terms of Schalke fans, were screaming, get Cissé off because he's already on yellow. He's been struggling all game long. Bring in Matriciani. Rice doesn't do anything. And Cissé picks up his picks up a red card on, you know, ref's going to call it all day. And like we said, don't put yourself in the position to make the referee get the call. And it was a foul. Uh, he was already on yellow and, and got a second yellow and got a red in that game. Obviously, he was in tears. The racist uh, abuse that he got was un. Uh, not warranted should never happen that period uh and despicable play but uh he's obviously torn up about it um and then we're down a guy we're down at that point and it puts us in a tough position i thought though we responded well for the most part meaning obviously hamburg didn't have the all possession at that point because we were actually leading possession up until that point and then so it's all hamburg obviously because they got man up um and we were doing well for another 10 15 minutes in that game and i thought we were going to get a draw um, but I thought the response for the red card was did well for shock of the players, not necessarily the manager. Yeah, we held in there until I think what maybe like the 86th, the 87th bit or something like that, you know, before we ended yeah. up conceding another one, something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, oh yeah, just unfortunately got put in that position. Um, and you know, I think the, f- the fifth goal was just you know, we had our goalkeeper up too, and they countered, you know, so that, that's yeah. not even something to really take into account, but um, yeah, Glasso scored in the first minute stoppage time. So I mean, we we were close, so close. Another bit of really good play by Glotzel too. Great feet to oh, kind of pull himself yeah, away from yeah. the diving Muller, and then is able to kind of like you know yeah. torque his hips real quick and get that back into. So yeah, yeah. That's why I said the scoreline is deceiving, but it's not because like we were minutes away from a draw. But if you look at the optics of this game, Hamburg could have easily scored five goal, five more goals. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Like this, this could have this could have easily been like three three, but it also you know could have could been eight three. <laughs> it could have been seven, yeah, seven three, or yeah, and and it's yeah, it's always funny when you can like point at a game where the opposition scores like five goals against you, and you're like, yeah, the man of the match was the goalkeeper, right? And like you wouldn't expect that, but that's how bad our defense was today. Was that yeah. he legitimately affected the outcome of a number of opportunities from. Uh, from Hamburg, whether it was, uh, uh, you know, you know what? And here's nothing like another kind of bad moment from Cisse gets absolutely bullied and backed down by Konigsdorfer in the box, who's able to kind of play that ball into space. Who had a I poor think, game, but did that yeah. and caused that. But I think, but I think, you know, he played it for Ustanali, who ripped one like on the volley 
And I think that was the one where Muller kind of like got his hands up real quick and knocked it onto the post and then yeah. hit the post and went out like that was on target. Could have been a goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Muller was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, fortunate that it wasn't more than five. I mean, Newheim came in in the game and then 86, he, he had a banger that freaking Muller made a save. And I think it hit off the post as well. Came right back out and, and Glatzel skied it somehow. And then eventually they would get the game winner, two goals in stoppage time. But, uh, I mean, the one thing I'll say this is uh, about Rice. Uh, after the game, he said that like, "Hey, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna blame Cisse on this in terms of hold her head up high. He had you know he had a good game. You'll learn from this. We're not gonna like say you're never playing again. You are playing again. It's just you got to learn from your mistakes here. Um, but that's about where I'll stop with the kudos for for Rice because I you know as much as the players struggled, Cisse struggled obviously, and and we gave up a lot of damn chances and Mueller you know saved our asses." I think a lot of the blame has to go with Rice and not really reading the game as well as it's it should have, I think. Didn't react in the first half or at halftime like as he should have. Didn't react quick enough with the Matriciani substitution and leaving CC on there too long. Uh, making some substitutions that, that were like little head-scratching, honestly. I mean, Sagan, he came in and he actually contributed, I think, offensively. But, like, you already, you're on a red card. You bring in Sebastian Poulter when... And I made last me had just come on before him, and it made sense to have last me up there because, um, last me would be the big guy, he's got speed, let him be that lone guy in attack and let him try to get a goal, and then bring in some other midfield help, maybe or something to kind of stabilize the, the pressure. And no, they bring in Poulter, who it's just been like having thrown up there. It's like what you're wasting a space out there. Um, I, mean, I, I, get it, I get that to some extent, like Toronto's already been in the game for like 70 or 75 minutes, so and he's not. You know the most fleet of footing way you go down you go down to 10 men you need to be able to cover defensively so i understand taking yeah. him off for polter who's going to work hard and that kind of thing but I, I understand the point you're trying to make yeah but if last was already out there that's what my point was like last May is a big guy yeah he could do what polter's going to do uh by the way last May almost scored a goal in the 86 minute he had a wonderful run that he had a close chance it wasn't a run he shot yeah. right at the goalkeeper but that was you know his touch seems inconsistent but he has really good instinct for like quick dribbling moves and body positions to be able to get around people and then just has you know great pace so he has the fastest um, he had the fastest run in the game uh which is crazy i didn't know he was that fast i knew he was fast but yeah um, so i mean pr promise a, a promising cameo i can understand the criticism of him like that he can kind of like dip in and out of like prominence in games we can kind of go quiet for a few minutes um but yeah he had some moments where he definitely was like trying to make things happen and, and look lively for sure um i was kind of disappointed too didn't see kazuki in the game i understand given the circumstance but uh and Idrizi as well i think he could have been been more beneficial than a polter in that in that mm. sort of play but um yeah i think Matriciani, which will more more than likely well i don't know will we see him next game um i mean kaminsky was uh, eh but i mean like who do you bring in next game because we got Baumgartel, which everyone's happy about um to play center back and Matriciani did well i think when he came in he had a nice block at the end of the game uh when muller was beaten um it's like who do you start in center well, back next week if they feel like they can integrate Baumgartel that quickly then I think I think Baumgartel is probably going to be first. I mean, like you're, you're signing Baumgartel, I think, to probably be a starting center back. Would you disagree? No, I I agree with you. But like, remember what we saw last year with um, what was the the guy from Liverpool? I already lost. I forgot his Vandenberg. name. Vandenberg. Yeah, he, they started him within two days. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I understand. Yeah, I I no, I, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see. I can't I can't predict how he's going to handle that. Whether he's going to go with sort of the more known quantity and Matriciani or uh, probably put Baumgartel in there. Um, what I'll say about Kaminsky is like very helpful in his ball skills yeah um like legitimately like like part of me is almost like man put him at the six yeah. and just like let him be like a boost 
<laughs> like a discount boost gets like three at the left center back he, he did well for us two years ago but is he a two center back kind of guy i don't know yeah and i just i, yeah, I don't know it's it, it's tough for him and that's you're talking about like you, know, you shouldn't put cc on glatzel like you can put kaminsky on glatzel like he can't keep up with the athleticism of, of cc's like, yeah, physical at least so, right. yeah yeah so i don't know yeah it's, it's tough it's tough yeah um and so like i mean like Bruner, I didn't think did particularly well, but like poor game from Bruner. I'm hoping it's like you know early in the season he's not the fit. Game went on too. Yeah, yeah, because I was really surprised by that. Bruner was surprisingly good in the Bundesliga. I thought so. I thought he was going to be another player who would translate very well. One game sample size, obviously, but yeah, he looked off the pace and kind of tired and was getting beat a lot. So I thought it was a poor game from Bruner. Yeah, and I don't know who we bring in because. Mehmet Aydan is now going to Turkey, right? So the, the definition of like of like the move with um uh wow the striker whose name is escaping me, but like once again, oh we're back in the second division. Maybe this will be the opportunity for Aydan to get some minutes. Again, but I think I, it looks like the club has probably just kind of given up on him being able to to reach the levels they think that he needs to to be a consistent you know professional at like the second or first division level. And maybe maybe the player wanted to go say he's I'm not getting any pitch time. I want to go somewhere else so I can play. Maybe that was the case, you know. But uh, we'll see. Um, I thought. Lots of was okay in his cameo there, but um, Oyan of the back four, Oyan was the better of the four, I think. I mean, Mueller's obviously the best player of the game. Um, Drexler, again, you know, we mentioned he's probably better as a cameo at this point in his career than starting, but Schallenberg, I was impressed with obviously Odrago with the, with the start. Um, so I think, I mean, I don't know who you bring in in the midfield, but certainly Schallenberg and Odrago were uh, bright spots for Schalke in this chaos that was this game. Yeah, once again, I was I think I was just surprised to see Drexler starting. I for first maybe he'll maybe he will be first choice. I just kind of assumed he wouldn't be for some reason. Yeah. Um, but I did think that he was off his normal level for sure. Like I would have expected yeah. him to be significantly more solid. I thought he was um lost possession too much and just was not his, his normal self. Um could, could see more second who got who got signed as well. Um but yeah, I wonder if he's more of a threat going forward potentially than you know, useful screening for the defense. It's funny. I always looked at Brian Lasme as a, a direct replacement for Bulter, not only because of size, but because he, he, he did contribute some goals to Ar Armenia last year. Um, and then not only does he take his position, which I thought he would be a good fit for, also takes his number. <laughs> so, uh, you know, looking at the front three, I, I, I agree with you. I think with Karaman, I think if he's going to play like that, let's give him another chance. I mean, Kazuki can slowly work his way into, into the team. Because um, eventually I think Kazuki will be the guy, or maybe it's Karaman and Kazuki. Who knows? But more, like, like I think emotionally we all want it to be Kazuki because of how exciting he was. And in yeah. like Kazuki in those cameos last season, at that point was like significantly better than Karaman was at any point. Yeah. But Karaman came out the end of the season, and I legitimately think this was a very good performance from Kian Karaman. Yeah. And like, and like very, very solid, very ball secure for the most part good good passes like good hold up play. yeah helped create goals like i actually thought it was a solid performance from him like the kind of thing that would not be upset so i think i think kazuki's gonna have his work cut out for him i think he's a great um energy option off yeah. the bench and can just run at people later in games and create things off the shoulder when when you have like you know he's definitely good for that and he'll, he'll get some starts for sure but um yeah. if, if caramon plays at that level I, i'm actually okay with that and i wouldn't mind seeing like, like uh kozuki segan and idrizi coming off the bench for some energy you know in the games when when other teams get tired um more uh, i want i i want to see last May play but i i would understand if more gets another start just because familiarity in, in rice's lineups and tactics and he did he has done well in preseason so, so far so i'm willing to give another chance 
Uh, it's a tough game against Kaiserslautern, but um, I mean, last May. Moore's just got an absolute wand of a left foot, and that's what's putting him in contention. It's just like some of the balls he can whip in. It's like, even if he only does like, if he's quiet for most of the game, but then gets like three of those really good, like you can create some like high XP opportunities from that. But like, I, I could see a coaching staff being like, those few moments are worth it. And you know why oh, that even works? over somebody like Lasman, you know what I mean? That works because we have a striker who likes to stay quiet, and when the opportunities come, he delivers. And so, you, yeah, if you keep more in there and he delivers one, you know, one to three crosses in the game, you know Toronto's going to get be on the end of it and get, get at least one of those in, right? And he did he did in the one that got offside. So, like, maybe it does make sense to have more, at least for now. Until... But also, once again, I said it's possible. It could just be like Rice was going with the more experienced people. Yeah. In, as opposed to like all of the new signings kind of a thing. And so like, because it's Hamburg first game of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if you end up do seeing last me, you know, more often than not this season, I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up being the starting option. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, for the most, and Torda, I think was, had a really good game uh, for what he did. He was quiet, but when he was involved, he was involved. I mean, he obviously an assist a goal and an assist in this game. Um, and uh he was known. He, I mean, you, like last year he was quiet for a lot and like, didn't see him. Mm-hmm. He had, he, he looked, felt maybe his the pace is better for him here um he's obviously got his confidence back i i i feel he's gonna get another goal this next week if he starts well i don't see why he wouldn't but um yeah it's a it's an interesting lineup i think the only thing hindering him at this point is rice he need hopefully that's one bad game where he just was like hey i'm gonna just take my shot against hamburg see what happens balls to the wall and, and go for it but uh he has to do better tactically and substitution wise this next game and for the rest of the season because that was a that was the most disappointing thing of the game i think outside of the loss uh was even worse even more so than the red card i think in my eyes it was the the way rice didn't manage the game well completely outmanaged um that's just me yeah yeah i think once again i mean like i think i'm glad that rice came out to protect cise because even though i I don't think there was almost anything redeeming about cise's performance he should not have been in the position to get sent off. I think that was a mistake from Rice to put your to put your young player who needs confidence and is already having a bad game in that position against Hamburg in like in a game that ultimately, despite it being the first game of the season, everyone's rusty. It could be a very important game. Yeah. Come like you know, like title implications or you know yeah. promotion implications, what have you. So, um, yeah, just questionable from Rice there. I, I think the other two things just to note, just once again that that kind of build up shape I was talking about, that wrinkle, and then also um, yeah. The man marking too, which is something that I wasn't sold on necessarily. I don't know if that was specifically because of what you know Hamburg was presenting. We'll see what he does for the rest of the season, but uh, yeah. Um, the, the one mitigating thing I'll say is just that, like you know, going to second division, a lot of players gone, a lot of new players in. Not all of them were playing and starting in this game, so that I don't know if there's as much excuse yeah. there. But I'm also willing to give the manager a little bit of time too to work with yeah. some of the new guys and and get something cooking. If it's you know middle of November and the team is make in the same kind of vein then then i would be like you know yeah, what you know yeah. what's happening here but yeah for sure yeah it, it, you got to take a grain of salt because hamburg are going to be one of the teams contending for the promotion this year um next game is against kaiser slauten looking at some of the scores of the rest of the league uh five red cards this this weekend and fight the liga um kaiser slauten lost to st Pauli two to one uh Wiesbaden lost or they drew magdeburg but they had a red card in their game uh Osnabrück lost 3-2 to Karlsruhe, a red card in that game by Osnabrück. Uh, Hanover, Elversburg, 2-2 draw. Dusseldorf beat Hertha, 1-0. Uh, Braunschweig got a red card. They lost to Holsten Kiel, 1-0. Uh, Hansa beat Nuremberg, 2-0. And Groit the Firth, uh, 5-0 on Paderborn, red card by Paderborn. So uh, red card's not doing anybody well this past weekend. And no, it normally wouldn't. 
but Kaiserslautern is the next big game. Um, a team we should be worried about. I think mid-table team last year, and they have been getting better every year, definitely over the last four or five years. So team we have to take serious, I think, and it's a, not an easy way to start the season, but uh, it is what it is, right? That is that is correct. Uh, you know, the red cards, that makes the league electric, man. That's part of it. I love yeah. it. Keep it coming. It's not for us. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. How about how about Dusseldorf, eh? Um, I told yeah. you I would not be surprised if, if Hertha struggles a little bit. Um, would be interesting to see if they if they're not really even in contention for you know the promotion places. We'll see how they do. Um yeah. could happen to us too. Who knows? Um I, and like I said, I think I'm a little bit down compared to everybody else about us this year. I, I do think that there's a lack of quality in this team uh in the 23-24 fight the addition of us as compared to the 21 22 version so um we'll see how it goes but uh yeah if nothing else an entertaining welcome back to the league which is uh at the end of the day all you can ask for just enjoy the ride while we're here it was fun last time hope it's going to continue to be uh entertaining yeah hopefully we get to celebrate enough uh, a lot of wins like we did last time unlike uh, last season um uh, but I think uh, the one one thing I want to see different you know going forward and and I expect it to change is that tactically defensively we need to improve um other things will come in the game we're not there we're gonna have to be much better as you mentioned we don't have the talent that we did two years ago especially defensively and so that puts the emphasis on the onus on the tactics to get spot on almost every game so rice has got to get his work cut out to get this and i think he can uh, we saw last year how good the team was under him so um i expect it to that change to happen so um yeah let's see game is this saturday um against Kaiserslautern, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, 1.30 p.m. Chicagoland time. Um, yeah. Um, I don't expect to make much changes in the certain 11 other than Cissé, obviously, because who will they put in? But it won't be Cissé, so. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. My biggest concern is finding a way to watch the game. Um, so, I, because I think, ES- yeah, go ahead. No, it is on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, this one is too. Kaiser's so, line? yeah. So, uh, actually, we got a bunch of games to start off the season on ESPN Plus. So let me pull up the let me pull it up right now. Oh, I just had it up. Uh, all right. So, Kaiserslautern game will be on ESPN Plus. The DFB Pokal match after that against uh, Braunschweig will also be on ESPN Plus. Yeah, Ryan in the chat saying like three of the first four are. Yeah, the third game, the third game of the season against Braunschweig will not be on ESPN. Uh, Holson Kiel will not be. Oh gosh, my my phone's acting up now. So, um, but yeah, three of the first four is what I heard. Uh, originally so um after the after the uh pokal it'll be a little iffy for us but i think the first three weeks were okay <laughs> your, your phone's freezing because you have like 30 different tabs of katuchu highlight reels pulled up on your phone actively this is right true now. yeah this yeah. is true this your is browser's true. a little slow <laughs> uh yeah um hey kudos to espn plus for getting getting the game started on time so i will say that i'll end it on a good note so uh anything else you want to chat about before we get out of here no that's all for me for sure all right, cool. Uh, well, uh, we'll we'll see if we can get a guest here on in the near future uh, to chat about you know some other uh, shock of fans from around the world. See where we can get in here and uh, involve this. But uh, where can our followers find you on social media, Jack? At JM Mangan, JM M A N G A N on X. Yeah, I don't know what the. I don't think we're updating our Twitter logo on this on this template, and we should not. I'm against that. I would keep I, the bird. Keep the bird. Yeah, yeah. I have it. The weekend was stressful for me because I'm trying to get on Twitter and I'm like, where the hell is this Twitter logo? I lost Twitter. I'm like, no, it's the X. Like, what the... Anyway. It you looks fu- terrible. It does. Yeah. It finally updated for me this morning. I still had the oh. logo in- until this morning. And when I woke up, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, yeah it's I had not. It Saturday, and I'm like, what the hell? Um, you can follow me at 
R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. More importantly, follow us at Shock America uh, all across social media. Uh, also go to our website, shockamerica.com. We'll try to put some uh, articles. We just put one uh, recap of the game. Uh, I meant to uh, post the uh, the transcript from the press conference because I wanted to hear uh, Rice's words on that. And uh, I did. I just didn't get finished it out, so I'll post it tonight if I can. Uh, and then, yeah, any other articles, we may have it there as well. But, uh, yeah, follow Shock America. We will try to do another watch along this Saturday for the game. Uh, again, this season we'll we'll see we'll get to as much as we can, depend on what kind of viewing we get, or what kind of audio we get uh, with a German website. So you know, I couldn't even get the audio in the Shock website, but that's for another time. Um, yeah, game is a Saturday, so uh, we'll catch you then. And uh, thanks for everyone who uh, joined us on the watch along and joined us tonight, and uh, for following us, and supporting us, and supporting Shaka. So. Uh, until the next podcast or watch along comes along, uh, we'll catch you then. For Jack and myself, uh, we'll catch you soon. Look out. Shine,